and the mic is hot. Does that mean it's on? (laughs) (laughs) I think it does. (laughs) Intro it. What's up, guys? Back with Figuring It Out with myself, Victoria. And Mr. David. And we are so happy to have you guys here again. Um, So far, we have had a lot of amazing support for the podcast, whether you're watching it here on YouTube or just listening to it on the platforms that it is on. Um, We appreciate your support nonetheless. Um, Yeah, yeah. thank you guys. I think we're on up. This is episode number five. So uh, what figuring it out is, is uh, basically Victoria and I are 24 years old and we are just... um, making this podcast to give support to other people at our age group that, you know, like we're going through life, figuring it out. And we're giving advice on how Victoria and I have created the life that we have so far at 24 years old. Um, and just to remind everybody that if you are young, like you're just figuring it out, like everybody else, you shouldn't feel lonely. So we're just going to give some advice on how we um, have structured our lives up to this point and what we've learned. Exactly. Yeah. We're not any experts at anything. We're not saying, Hey, you have to do it this way. Then that's how you get like us. Like, no, we are not anywhere near where we want to be yet. Yep. Um, we are just going through the motions, going through life, just like every single one of you. Um, and maybe you guys just find it relatable. And that's basically what our thing is just provide relatable value for our audience. Cool. So let's jump right into it. So today's topic is going to be on um, finances. So we've had a lot of members or uh, friends and customers ask us how we structure our finance because they have, you know, obviously a lot of our members and friends have income and they're like, what do I do with that income? So um, we're not going to give exact numbers on what we make because obviously that's personal information. Um, but we're going to give percentages. So we're going to break down how much percentages Victoria and I spend our money and what we spend it on. Um, Give a disclaimer. Um, yeah. So by any means, basically, this is not to say you should be doing this with your money. This is how much you should be putting into your savings using our percentages for your lifestyle. Um, everybody's circumstances and finances and everything is totally situational and totally by case by case basis. And like I said, we are not certified Uh, professional accountants we're not advisors like by any means this is just based off of ours and how we structure and budget our income we are not liable for any decisions that you guys uh decide to do this is about victoria and i yo money's yo money exactly cool so let's jump right into it and talk a little bit about um first off i would say there's two things that are very important so let's lay this as a foundation one um is Some people do live paycheck to paycheck, which is 100% totally cool. Um, So first off, if you are feeling like you are struggling and you are living uh, paycheck to paycheck, this may be a good podcast for you later down the road when you're making more income. Or just in general for you to be like, hey, maybe I should take a look at my finances and see where things are going. (laughs) Yep. So that was the second thing is the second thing is um, what Victoria and I would advise you to do is sit down and print out all of your statements. So this is what Victoria and I do every couple of months is that we sit down and we print out month by month what our statements are. So all of our credit card statements and our savings statements. um, And we talk about where is our money going so that we can then make better decisions? Um, and that is very important because a lot of people don't even want to face that. And so that is the first step is face what is happening right now because you can't change it if you don't know what's happening. Exactly. And like David said, people don't like facing it. So finances, budgets, money, it's a very hard topic to talk about um, whether just with yourself or with your significant other, um, because again, the, that forces you to dive deep in there and I'll just be completely transparent. Um, it was tough for me and David to kind of get on the same page with this topic, um, more so from my experience. Um, 
And what I knew money, um, growing up, we didn't have money. So when I had money, I wanted to spend it and I spent myself into a lot of debt, but that is for another episode. Um, right now we're going to talk about how basically how we came out of that and now the things that we do so that we don't go back into that, um, that, that way. Yeah. And and vice versa. (laughs) I, I grew up, my parents, like my dad was extremely frugal. And so like he saved his money. And so growing up when I was 10 years old, I wanted to open a bank account. So I opened a bank account when I was 10. And so I saved all of my money up. So Victoria, we balance each other out in terms of like, she helps me spend a little bit because I can be extremely frugal sometimes and vice versa. I make sure that she doesn't spend our entire life savings. So, um, cool. So let's just jump right into it. How do we structure, um, our income like where does our money it comes in where does it go out yeah so basically um the initial start is that we have a consistent reoccurring income so we have that money we have that value we have that set amount um from there after having that the first thing to come out of that income every month is our expenses yes and so basically expenses entail your basic necessities things to live things that you're not going to be put on the streets for literally shelter and food exactly so we break it down into three categories which we'll go over so we'll go over basically our like victoria said our basic living expenses so these are like you don't have any a roof over your head or food so those are like no matter what these are going to get paid like these are the necessities um the second thing is going to be our non-negotiables and mm-hmm. this is going to be different for each person so um victoria and i like examples of non-negotiables is like um for victoria it's going to be her coaching for me it's going to be like like jujitsu membership. So like those are our non-negotiables every month. We need to have those. Um, and then lastly, it's going to be our luxury expenses. So these are things that you don't need and they're really like not extremely important to you. Um, but we buy them anyway. If we slip up and we buy something at Ross or if we go to the outlets, we buy a pair of shoes. Those are going to be our luxury items. Um, and then the fourth category, which we don't really categorize as an expense, this is going to be our savings. So how we structure our savings. Those are the four categories. Yeah, definitely. Um, So as far as basic needs go, um, doing our math and just to give like general numbers, um, about 55% of our income goes straight to basic necessities. Um, In our case, it'll be for a soon to be mortgage payment. It'll be for utilities, for like David said, for food, basic necessities of life. Yeah, we're talking about like gas for your car. Uh, car insurance, your house insurance, like those are all utilities, your internet, your phone bill. Those are going to be all basic necessities you you really need to just to get by. So 55% of our income goes to that. So if we use an example, let's just do a thousand bucks a month. Um, that would mean that $550 goes to our basic necessities. Um, and then second on the list would be our Non-negotiables. Non-negotiables. So that accounts for about 10% of our income. And so again, to reiterate, our non-negotiables could be our combination of gym memberships or um, um, jujitsu membership. Um, Coaching. Coaching, exactly. These are things that Victoria and I value a lot. And we feel like these are things that we should have like basically no matter what. Mm-hmm. So we even accounted for, um, we really love, enjo- we enjoy going on walks. Um, and so occasionally we'll stop at our local coffee shop and grab a cup of coffee. And so we accounted that in our budget because it's like, hey, this is something we'd like to do. We'd like to continue doing it. So let's set it aside as a non-negotiable because it's nice. And it's only like two bucks a cup of coffee. Um, 
not going to a Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. So we have a local coffee, coffee shop that we go to when we do our walks every morning. And so it's like our little reward for getting up and doing our cardio. So those are things like non-negotiables. For some other people, like it might be a date night every week. That might be their non-negotiable. So you have to figure out what your non-negotiables are and you have to be very, you have to do it with a lot of scrutiny. So like, do I really actually need this? Or am I kind of like, this is actually a luxury item that I could really do without. So you have to determine what your non-negotiables are. And guys, you have to be, if you're in a relationship, you have to understand that your partner has non-negotiables and vice versa. And so you have to understand what their non-negotiables are. Yes, but a Louis Vuitton bag does not count as a non-negotiable. Exactly. Unless Those you've are, already made it to the point where you can afford it, then by all means, you do you, but... Yeah, if, if you're rocking in 25 grand a month and you're like, hey, dude, I want one new bag every month that's a thousand bucks, like that might be a very small percentage of your income. So that might be a non-negotiable for you. So that does change over time. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, but next on the list is uh, life insurance retirement account. So about 12% of our uh, monthly income goes to life insurance retirement, which can also be... Um, comparable to like a savings account because we won't touch it until we're older. That one's, I wouldn't call it a savings account. That would be more like a 401k retirement. So that's what it would be because we have, we do have a separate savings account, which we'll touch on uh, in a little bit. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so I'll jump into that. I don't want to like, did I cut you off? I don't want to be that guy who it's cuts okay. you off. Okay. No, you're good. Um, so should I dive into like why we chose life, why we choose life insurance and like, yeah. And how we do that. Yeah, because a lot of people don't know what life insurance is. Yeah. Or they always hear about it. They don't know about it. Like. Yeah. So basically, like, uh, you, you hear a lot of people have, like, 401ks through their work. So they have 401ks. Um, there's IRAs as well. Um, and then um, there is life insurance, which, like, most people don't really know about. Um, I didn't know about life insurance until about a year ago when I read the book Money Master the Game from Tony Robbins, which was, like, an entire game changer for me because um, it basically opened my eyes to, like, a, like a tax advantage account. So, um Basically, I'll dive into it as quick as I can go. This is not going to be a super long episode, but basically the reason that we pick a life insurance account over a 401k over an IRA is because a life insurance account um, that has to be structured properly. So you have to find a licensed agent who understands how to uh, structure these. And if you're one of our friends, let us know because there is a, a good friend of ours who can structure these accounts. Um, and basically, you put your money in there after it's been taxed. So unlike a 401k or like a Roth IRA, those are um, pre-taxed accounts. So you put those in there uh, before taxes, but then and when you're 65 or 60, whatever age you want to pull it, well, with an IRA or a 401k, you have to wait until you're 59 and a half to pull it out. Um, when you pull those accounts out, they are taxed um, at the rate when you pull it out. So let's just say if you're 65 years old, I don't know, I don't was that from 40 years from now? So 2085, whatever it is, or 2065, um, the year 2065, you go to pull it out. Who knows what the tax rate's going to be at that point? Fuck it. We could have a communist country. It might be fucking, I don't know, 80 fucking 5% tax. It could be like Canada. So, um, that's why those accounts are not that great because you don't get taxed now on it, but later down the line, when you go to pull money out, you're going to get taxed later down the line. Also, um, if you are going to be giving that money to your kids, when you die and they get that account, they have to pay taxes on that as well. So with a life insurance account, it's really cool. With a life insurance account, you put the money in after you've already been taxed now. But when you go to pull that money out later, it's not taxed. So that's great. Yeah. So you put a, let's just say we put a hundred bucks in now that's, that's already been taxed because it's our income versus an IRA or a 401k. Those, yeah, you might put, 
you might be able to put 110 bucks because you know you didn't pay ten dollars in taxes now but when those grow let's just see your ira or your 401k you know is a million dollars down the line you gotta get that out that's gonna be taxed 40 percent. you're only gonna get 600 grand but if i put my life insurance you know it may not be a million it might be let's just say eight hundred thousand. but i go to pull that out it's going to be eight hundred thousand. i'm not going to get fucked around so technically you're going to have more money because you're not going to get taxed later down the line so we pull, we put our money into a life insurance account um, because of that. Also, a huge benefit is that you can pull that money out early without being penalized like a uh, like a 401k or a retirement account, like an IRA. So we can pull that out when we're 35 if we want to go buy an income property and we're not going to be taxed like fucking insane. Like I think like the tax for a 401k early if you pull it out before you're 60 years old, I think you get taxed like 70%. It's fucking ludicrous. Yeah. So with a, with a retirement account, you don't get that. So I think that this is really important to explain because these are things that people our age don't know. Um, and the cool thing, in, guys, is that if you are our age or even in your like late 20s, 30s, the quicker you get this stuff going, these things really do their magic with compounding interest. So... You know, let's just say you put $10,000 into it now, you know, 10 years from now, you know, it might only be 20 grand, but then 20 years from now, it's going to be 40 grand. And then third, and then 30 years from now, it's going to be almost a hundred grand. But then really where it starts to pick up speed is when it's 35, 40 years sitting there. And then now you have three, four, $500,000 because it like compounded and tripled and doubled and doubled and doubled. Whereas um, you wait until you're 50 years old to get one of these started, you know, you're going to die by the time that it doubles. So the quicker you guys get this started, the better it is. And guys, we have to reiterate, and we don't get fucking commission. Like we're not selling life insurance, you guys. These are are what we do Um, is the quicker you get it started, the better it is. And it can be $25 a month. It can be $50 a month. You guys, you don't have to put a shit ton of money in a month. And so the other really cool benefit is that not only are you getting the compounding interest and you're, you're able to, you know, pull it out earlier and stuff like that. It's not taxed later down the line. Coolest part is that it's an actual life insurance plan. So if I die, Victoria gets life insurance, or if she dies, I get life insurance. If you guys die, your kids get life insurance. And so not only are you getting the benefit of the actual investment, but you're also getting life insurance as well with it. So it's basically like a double, double whammy, which is fucking fantastic. Did all that make sense? Cool. I just want to make sure I explain that correctly because I get really excited about money. And so like I, get, I I explain this to my friends sometimes and their eyes glaze over. And they're like, David, shut the fuck up. But I'm like, <laughs> guys, like this is your future. Like these are with things that I wish my parents knew. Well, I'm only 24, so I guess they couldn't have told me really that much earlier than this. But like if I was 30 or 40 years old, these are things that you'd be like, fuck, I wish my parents would have told me this earlier. So I'm trying to get this out there for as many people as possible. Cool. Yeah. So that is why we choose life insurance over a 401k IRA. Now, if you are making a fuck ton of money, you still may want to have a 401k and IRA because they do have some tax benefits. So you can still put money away in those as well. So it's not bad to have those. Something is better than nothing. Um, But we choose life insurance over a 401k or IRA. Cool. So 12% of our, uh, 12% of our, uh, income. If we make a thousand dollars a month, one hundred and twenty of that dollars 
automatically every month. We don't choose to do it. It automatically gets sent to that account. And we don't even have a log on like online. They allow you to log on to see how much money you have. We didn't even set that up because we don't even want to know how much money we have because we don't ever want to touch it. So we literally don't even know how much money is in there because we're just putting it away and acting like it's not even there. Right. So that's very important. If you guys do that, stock it away and don't even know how much is in there. Cool. Awesome. So what's next? All right. So next is um, about 18% goes to savings, meaning uh, this is your basic Bank of America, Wells Fargo, CBC Credit Union um, savings account. Yeah. So, so just a regular savings. Yeah. So like you can, you can do anything you want with this, but w- the reason that Victoria and I have just like, we leave the rest in savings like this is because, um, in case of emergencies. So like yeah. we need a new roof for a house or like your car blows out and you need new tires. Like this is a cushion. Cause if you stock all of your money away in stocks and you know, in life insurance or 401k, you put all your money away, you can't get it out. It's not liquid. So in case of emergencies, you need to have money. So we put close to 20% of our income, we put 18% of it into a savings that we just have on the side in case something happens. Yeah. Um, so now if you've been following track and adding up the percentages that leaves us with about 5%, um, 5% is what we call our luxury fund mm-hmm. and luxury fund, not meaning, um, expensive name brand stuff. It's basically our play fund. Yeah. Um, items that we consider luxurious. So like, for example, a new pair of young LA joggers is a luxury item. Yeah. Um, of, I don't know what else. Well, I mean, like if you if you want to go like go play mini golf, like yeah. if you want to go if you want to go on a date night, like a special date night, like those are things where like because Victoria and I don't have those set up in our non-negotiables. Um, like for us, coffee is a non-negotiable, but for other people that may not be a non-negotiable might be a luxury item for them. So for us, like we don't buy a lot of shoes. We went to the outlets today for the first time in like a freaking year to actually buy something. Yeah. And Victoria bought a pair of shoes for 50 bucks. Like that would be a part of our luxury items. Exactly. Mm hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's the breakdown guys. It's not, it's, it sounds like it's a lot, but it's really not. The biggest Mm -hmm. thing that you have to look into is finding out what your income is. And if it's consistent, then it's easy. If it's not, and it's kind of like side stuff here and there, then you have to pull averages and stuff, but try to get a good idea of like what it can be. Mm -hmm. Um, once you have that, then you have your foundation. You're, you know what to expect every month. Exactly. You know, you're, you're expecting X amount of money every month. So for them from there, pull out your statements and be like, okay, how much is going towards expenses? So how much is going to auto insurance? How much is going to my phone bill? How much is going to a gym membership? So you're counting all your expenses that are you, that you've been spending. Yeah. Then categorize those expenses. Are these wants or are these needs? Basically, that's how you define the two. If they're more wants, then maybe you can X those out. And then that now that's going to end up being your reserve. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, it's all the same thing. Those are your expenses. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to give a strategy that that one of our friends uses. And I think, is a, like, I think a lot of people can benefit this. And I wish that Victoria and I did this. Well, I shouldn't say wish, but I think this would have been really good is what him and his significant other do is that they don't have a house yet, but they want to buy a house in the future. So this is a really cool strategy. And you guys can implement this in other ways is they pull out how much they think a mortgage would be with their mortgage, their mortgage insurance, the homeowner's insurance. They pull that out every month, even though they don't own 
own a house and they send that to a separate savings that they don't touch. And so that way it gets them used to like what home ownership would be like. And then that money's being pocketed away in another account. And then when they actually are ready to buy a home, that money they were pocketing away is their down payment. Yeah. I think that that is freaking brilliant. And I know he's going to listen to this, but I want to let you know that was one of the smartest things I've ever heard for someone who's getting ready to own a house. I think that that is brilliant. And so, um, I also want to reiterate that guys, these are the reason that Victoria, Victoria, Victoria did these as percentages is because your income may be, dude, you could be a millionaire. Maybe your income's a hundred grand a month. So these are based on percentages and you guys have to remember that you're at different points of your life. So for some people at our age, some people at our age are making 20 grand a month. Some people at our age are making a thousand dollars a month. And so you guys have to understand these are broken down into percentages because that's how we structure our setup. And so don't be pressured to think you should be making this much money or you shouldn't be making that much money or maybe more or less. Just understand these are percentages. And so it can go for how much ever money you make based on your income. Yeah. If you want to spend more in the moment as opposed to save, well, then your luxury percentage is going to be higher than your saving percentage. Exactly. So it's, again, it's all circumstantial and all based off of the what lifestyle that you want to live in the goals that you want to end up having in the future ours is very very conservative and that's why it's super heavy on the basic necessities shelter food and then luxury because we're not super um we're not super like like hyper focused on luxury items right now like right now it's like okay like we're just doing whatever so that's why our luxury is only five percent out of our whole income yeah so you figure let's just say you're making a thousand bucks five percent is what fifty dollars yeah well (laughs) let's be honest a a good thing is when victoria and i first got into the gym when we were working at 24-hour fitness is our income were very low so she was working part-time i was working part-time because we were full-time students we're living at home with my mom this is before the business before we opened the gym um and so our our expense our uh, income was very low and so dude you we couldn't afford pre-workout we couldn't afford protein we couldn't go and drop 300 dollars at the supplement store we couldn't buy new gym clothes it was like all clearance shit from like nike or from ross or from you know under armor at the outlets so you guys have to understand that like um you you do have to keep your uh, luxury items lower, which is why Victoria and I have it at five percent because we want to be able to do whatever we want when we're in our thirties and forties. Like we want to be able to take vacations and you know fly on jets or whatever it might be. Like we want to be able to do those things at that age. So right now our luxury our luxury expenditure is five percent. That is very little. And then as our income goes up, hopefully it will only stay at 5% because it's like, cool. That's why you do it as percentages and not dollars because you do it at 5%. Well, when we make 20 grand a month in the future, um, that it's still a very small percentage of how much we're bringing in. Because one thing that we've learned in the last year and a half is wealth is not built through accumulating more revenue. Wealth is built through accumulating more revenue but keeping your expenditures low. So like not about making money, but it's about when you make money, you still spend a very small percentage every month. So you don't increase your spending. Yeah, and that's a, that's a good thing to touch on. We talk about this a lot is a lot of people have the idea, oh, I'm making more money. So then they naturally just start spending more money. Yes, that's why percentages are great because we can look at it and be like, yeah, that percent is way out of line. Exactly. And it's it gives you the foundation because obviously if you, th- things could vary, right? So let's just say like, I mean, I don't know. Percentages are basically just easier to go go off of whether, yeah. you, especially as you transition into your aging and, you know, your life is like, okay, 
for example, and I'll just use church as an example because, you know, there's, I'm a church goer. I go to church and there's tithes and offerings. 10% of income is sought to go for the church. So it's basically this thing. And so no matter what uh, finance bracket you're at, somebody's always giving 10%. Mm-hmm. So that's basically like a good way of putting it. Like, yeah. so that way, if you're looking at your finances in a certain percentage way, it would be like, okay, no matter how much I'm making, I'm always going to be putting 20% into my savings or, you know, whatever you so choose. Yeah. That, that is a really good example. Yeah. So, um, just understand that if you're, if you're at a younger, you know, a younger age, you know, for us, there's two sides of the story here, guys, is that you could either spend more money because you are younger and there's always going to be time to make more money in the future. Um, but usually it doesn't work out in your favor, or you can be, um, similar to us, which is we spend very little on things that we don't need. And so, uh, we are able, we have been able to accumulate enough, enough wealth to, um, grow our business. And then, you know, we're about to, we're about to finalize our escrow on a house in two weeks. So we're about to buy our first house at 24, which is kind of hard in California, in Southern California at our age. Um, and so because we have been very frugal, like we literally don't go out much. We don't, we don't go on vacations. We don't spend money on things we're not supposed to. We don't buy a new car. All our cars are paid off. I sold my truck because we really don't need two cars. So now we're just riding Victoria's car until, you know, it's paid off. So it's like, live very minimally while that money's coming in and save and save and save and save until, um, you have such a high income that that small percentage is a good amount of money. Yeah. Well, and I want to touch base back on like the house, for example, because I think it's something that like, there's a lot of, um, super obviously beneficial programs when you're first time buying a house and whatnot. And typically that only, that only lets you put down like maybe three, 5%, 10% down on a house. I'm always here saying, oh, 10% down, 10% down. Or 3% down, 3% down. Exactly. Because of these special programs, which are super amazing for people, you know, to take advantage of. Um, but I think that's something super cool. And people who are listening. It's like, um, I don't know if you'll call it like bragging or whatever, but the fact that we're able to put down 20% down on a house cash, yeah, I think is freaking amazing. And I think sometimes like you have to really put that into perspective because it's like, okay, cool. You're buying a house, but it's like, no, we're putting 20% down cash yeah. in a house, you know, which well, is a pretty big thing. And that's one of those things where you, you look at like, uh, what Victoria and I did is we looked for almost two years before we were actually able to afford a house is we kept looking and looking and looking. Okay. Well, how much is a house that that's going to cost? like for what our needs are. So we had the availability to purchase once again, guys, our income allowed us to purchase a much bigger house than what we were going to get. But we were like, do we need to keep our, li- our living expenditures? Because we do have friends um, and gym members and customers who are house poor. We're like their income, literally like 85 to 90% of their income goes towards our living expenses. We don't want to be able to do that. We need to have money for savings and we want to have money for our non-negotiables. So like, you have to look at what is realistic. Like, okay, well, I don't really need that. I don't need a million dollar home. And so um, doing that allows you to set your budget up. So our savings were set up to be able to afford a house in two years. So start looking at those things that you want to afford. That's another thing that we learned in Money Match the Game by Tony Robbins is like, look at the the amount of income that you're going to need for those things. And then you can change those percentages around based on like, hey, dude, if I want to be able to buy a house in two years, my savings might have to be, it might 
it has to be 30% and not 12%, you know, or my, you know, my luxury items may not be 10%. It has to be 3% because you have to be able to make those adjustments um, to be able to afford the things that you want to afford. Exactly. And that's why I think it's super cool too, that, you know, the, the, the couple that you're referring to about saving their money, you know, as if they were paying for a mortgage is super cool because let's just say you're in a situation where you're living at home with your parents and let's just say they're not charging you rent. Well, maybe it's be a good time to start pretending you're paying them rent and putting that money into a separate account. So let's just say by the time you move out, whether in three or, you know, three, however many years, let's say three, for example, and you've been saving, let's just say you're paying $500 a month in rent. Okay. Five times 6,000, 6,000 times three, that's $18,000 you have saved up because you've been pretending to pay rent, but it's really just been going to your savings account. Well, then now you can take advantage of those home loan programs and you could put enough money down for a small condo or, you know, whatever you want to. Yeah, I think that that's that is such a good strategy. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is this is something that Victoria and I didn't do because we just no. didn't, we didn't think about it. Like, they were thinking outside the box. I think that that is a great idea. Is that if you guys are living at home right now, start having go to the bank, open up a separate savings or a separate checking account, preferably one where you don't see what where it is. Don't touch it. If you ha- if you have a family member that you trust, you know, have them open up uh, as a joint owner, and then that way you don't lo- you don't have the login info. You can't see how much money is in there. Um, someone that you really really trust. Um, and then set up an automatic deposit um, every month and that comes out of your, your savings right now. And then that way you can start to get the feel of how much it would cost. Mm-hmm. I think that that is a fucking brilliant idea. Um, and that's something that probably would have been good for us. Um, but you know, it is what it is. We're going to buy a home anyway. So it's not, we're going to be paying it no matter what. So we have to pay it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, these are all things, guys, that we do. These are all things how we set up our finances. So Victoria, you just want to break down those percentages one more time to remind people what we what we break them down with. Yeah. So again, start with your income. Um, for us, fifty five percent goes to our basic needs. Ten uh, percent goes to non negotiable items, so like memberships and stuff. Twelve um, percent to our life insurance, aka our retirement accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, 18% goes to savings and then the other five remaining 5% goes to luxury items. So basically our play money. Mm-hmm. Cool. So that breaks down to obviously do hundred percent. So how you guys break it down may be a little bit different how we break it down. Um, but that's how we set it up as 24 year olds right now. Yeah. Um, would I set it up any, or how, would we set it up any differently? Um, if we were single and maybe lived, uh, we're gonna be living at home with no expenses. Yeah. You're probably going to have different, different ways of breaking this down. But as a married couple at 24 years old, who is purchasing a house, this is how we have our breakdown set up. Yeah. Um, now, um, I just want to touch on one more thing, which is um, if you are not making the money that you want to make, go figure out a way to go make more money. So um, we had this with someone at the gym where they were at a job and they were like, yeah, I don't have enough money to afford uh, A, B, and C. And so we helped brainstorm with them like, well, how about you go to your competing, competitor uh, employer and go ask for a 10% raise? And he did that and literally gave him a 10% raise. Cool. That 10% literally gave him enough to be able to afford what he wanted. So if you guys are not making the money you guys want to make, guys, this is probably one of the best times in history to go get more money because, um, and I'm not saying play off of inflation because inflation has fucked all of us, but people are willing to pay more money to to um, have you work. So if you guys are only making $16 an hour, guys, go look other places. They might be paying 18 or 20 or 25 or 30, depending on your skills and depending on how dangerous the job is or what the job description is. But guys, look at where you're at right now and maybe you just need to change. 
And that will help pay for that extra savings for that retirement account for, you know, your non-negotiable. So um, I just want to remind you guys that there are opportunities to make more money. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, especially if it's only something that you're currently doing part-time and you have extra time to do so. Well, then maybe you could pick up a second job if you're single, don't have any dogs or kids or, you know, anything, and you want to be able to save extra money. Okay. Well then on your second job, what you're on, everything you're making in your second job is all now savings, you know, however you, however you see fit. But again, if you're not happy with the amount of money you're bringing in currently, well, then you got to look inside and got to figure out what you need to do to change. Exactly. Yeah, that was really good. I think this is like a really well-structured, good episode. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. What you got? I got nothing else. If you have any uh, questions, comments, um, suggestions, feedback, please feel free to put it in the comments below. Um, or if you're just listening in, feel free to send us a message on Instagram. Um or email if you still email, I mean, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in, by all means, we appreciate your guys' continued support. Um, thank you for listening. And yeah, we'll see you next week. Yeah, that was a good episode. Cool, guys. Peace. You guys have a great day, night, wherever you're at. Peace. <laughs>